Sports Radio 95.9 and 980. Of course, uh, the easiest and best way I feel to enjoy the show is the iHeart app. LeVac and Gaz here with you on uh, on Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. It is, you do say happy, right? Like, it's a new, it's a new holiday. Yeah, happy Juneteenth. I think okay. a lot of people, whatever you do for a living, whatever your occupation is, you might have the day off. So if you're out grilling in the Capital Region, it is a stunning day in the Capital Beautiful. Region. We appreciate you listening on the iHeart app. Maybe it's a little evening dinner. You're joining outside. You're listening on demand on Apple and Spotify. Make sure to set those automatic downloads, by the way, and share it with your friends and family members. So, you can't use what? Juneteenth to lecture people about automatic downloads, oh, okay? okay? That's not too actually, too early I will for tell a you, it's interesting. If you think oh. about it, the Emancipation Proclamation yeah. signed in uh, 1863 doesn't get enacted in parts of the South until 65. Maybe if we had some kind of auto download thing, we would have been, no, I don't know. That's too far. It's just too far. <laughs> right. No, it's just, I'm learning, like, like it's one of those deals where I find, I find the reactions to Juneteenth um, funny, air quote, funny, because like when you, when you look at it, it is a date that should be celebrated. The world got a little better, you know, like, like uh, the more perfect union got closer to perfect because you finally throughout the country everyone had to go okay no more slavery you know what i mean and it didn't it didn't fix everything but it was a step in the right direction i love the people who are like how dare they? i don't want a, a stupid holiday i'm not going to do it and what it, what first of all it's a day off of work shut up <laughs> second of all like this is one in, in all sincerity white people should be just as proud as black people because it's we got to step towards actually being good people like we took a step in the right direction so it's a holiday for everybody but it's like it's still so new you know because there's like i wrestle with do you say happy memorial day or is it you know uh, how do you do it so i always wrestle with that but this is one that as we learn the more we more we dig into it it's really one no one should be against like this is one it's like oh okay that makes a lot of sense biden got one right Sometimes you can just sit one out, everybody. Just enjoy a Monday off in June. That's right. all. Well, no, but I mean, like, really, like, look into what it is. Look into what it is. It's it's a holiday for everyone. Like, it's it, it was a step closer to freedom, and it was a step closer to, like, actually being good humans. So, like, hey, everybody, Juneteenth, let's go. Um, all right, so I, I got to tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it just after 2. On a Monday, Monday the 19th, the rivalry between the Sox and the Yankees is dead. Dead! It's dead. It's deader than disco. Do we want to go back to the Juneteenth talk? I feel like that's more uh, comfortable for you than this conversation. No, oh, no, but see, I don't think you know, I don't think you understand what I'm saying here. Nobody cares. The Yankees just got swept by an inferior Red Sox team. And not just like, not just like, oh, we got some close games. No, I mean, they were pretty much butt whoopings. Like, the 15-5 was not as close as it looked. <laughs> like, and that's saying something. The, you know, the 6-2, that was one of those ones where you're like, oh, the Yankees got, nope, they don't they don't have this one. And then the the 4-1, like, these, these scores could have been way worse with the way those teams were playing, considering the fact that after sweeping a three-game series, you know, part of which was a doubleheader, the, the Saturday game got postponed, I'm watching people complain that the that like the umps were calling bad strikes against the Red Sox, and it's like, yeah, you won four one, bro. Just it, it got get it over with. Just <laughs> rip the bandaid off. But like nobody seems to care. Like if it's not for you know Benny Wednesday over at Tech East, 
I'm not even getting like like maybe I think Boston Dan gave me one like gif of a sweep of room. In the past, if this had happened, guys, I wouldn't be able to show up to work. Like I am the loudest, proudest Yankee fan, Red Sox hater that you know. I was fine today. Like nobody's really bothered me. Jay at work say, um, oh, I see this doesn't really work, which they prove it by whatever the paycheck allegedly is. Um, <laughs> but Jay was like, I'm just not even that proud of my Red Sox right now because I don't like Alex Cora and I think they did this one wrong. So, hey, we swept you. And he like walked away. I think the rivalry is dead. I don't think anybody cares. I'll go even further with this. And this is going to be an embarrassing thing to lead off a Monday show with. But so Saturday night, there's a rain delay. Mm-hmm. And then eventually a cancellation. So on the behind-the-scenes world here in Radio Land, that is Tommy Corporate's deal to deal with. Like, I have to hop on that as soon as possible. I got to change a bunch of stuff. I got That's all on me. How'd that so, work out for you? Terribly. Terribly. <laughs> terribly. What was it, like 11-something? I texted oh him. Like, my I don't think gosh. it's on. So what happened is tech stuff goes down. We get a wrong feed. Satellite. It, I could run through and bore you to death of what happened. But the reason I bring that up is because on other years, on other days with other fan bases, my phone would have nonstop going off Saturday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was hanging out with a buddy who's actually a Red Sox fan. He's like, yeah, man, it's crazy the Red Sox and the Yankees got rained out today. And immediately my head went off. I'm like, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's the Fox primetime game. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. It didn't get rained out. Like, they will do everything possible to play Red Sox and Yankees on a Saturday night on on the television side for Fox, like that was one of the premier games of the schedule here in June looking for it. I'm like, they're not going to change both TV and radio for this weekend because this is supposed to be baseball's first weekend post hockey, post NBA finals. This is when baseball can point and say, we're going to own this weekend. Well, that, that satellite issue happened for a while and I will take full blame for it. I'll take the, I'll take the conversation on Tuesday, but that also sums it up. Where the fact that Red Sox, Yankee, this weekend, nobody's blowing it up. Nobody's going crazy. You said the trash talk's been in a minimum. I'm trying to figure it out, though. Is it because the Red Sox and Yankees aren't what they were in the mid-2000s when the rivalry was super hot? Or is it because the AL East is so good? I think it might be the second one because this division is so stacked. Even though Boston played great, even though the Yankees got swept, there's far less movement in the division and far, more, uh, far less confidence in these teams than I thought maybe would have been if either team swept. I'm not getting the vibe that I thought I was going to get post-sweep like 72 when hours ago. any of that ever mattered? When has anything besides the fact that we embarrassed you mattered? Like, that's all that ever mattered. So, again, so I, as I look around, as I try to, you know, figure it out, as I prepared myself for abuse, two people. And it's just like a very lackluster attempt at smack talk. Now, of course, I, as a seasoned Yankee fan, was prepared. Oh, you beat us without judge. Good job. Oh, there you go. Typical, typical Red Sox fan celebrating in June. We'll see you in October. No, we won't. You won't be there. Like I was ready and I didn't, I haven't had to use it. I haven't had to do anything with it. The, it, it doesn't, it, and I, I don't think it's the Yankee side that stopped caring. I feel like it is the Red Sox side that stopped caring. I feel like at some point, they just, they're full. You know, when you go 86 years without a championship, then you get a bunch, and then you find out you were cheating a little towards the end. Not all of it, but you were definitely cheating towards the end. 
I think I think a lot of Red Sox fans like, oh, all right, no moss. I'm good. I got what I needed here. I'm going to go away. We're Yankee fan. We're just we're addicted to winning, so we're losing our minds right now. Like like I'm waiting for Red Sox fan to tell me the Yankees suck, so I can go. I agree. Second highest <laughs> payroll in baseball, and we can't win a game without Judge. I think they're thirty and nineteen or something like that with Judge in, and like nine and fourteen or something like without him. Like it's ridiculous. They just aren't good without. Like I I admit gladly that Aaron Judge is the best player on the team. He may be one of, if not the best player in baseball. But you got to, like, dude, somebody else show something. You, you get paid, too. But, again, I'm not – I didn't have to defend myself at all today. Well, Benny started talking smack. He always talks smack. He's an angry elf. And and then everybody else I've seen has just been like, okay, cool, we won. Like, no big deal. Is it a journey versus destination scenario you're talking about in the mid-2000s where that curse hung over the Red Sox fan base and the desperation is too strong of a term, but maybe it fits here. Oh, it was desperate. Okay, so they wanted the fan base, the franchise, that championship so badly to break the curse that post-04, everything else has been gravy. You use the term there, full, because they've won a few World Series championships since that breaking of the curse in 04. And maybe that is, I think it's a great take. I think maybe that is what the rivalry is missing, that there was this cloud, this overwhelming storyline every time the Yankees and Red Sox took the field of the curse. Can Boston break through? Can Boston change it? Or the Yankees, even the Pedro thing, who's your daddy and all that stuff made that rivalry so much fun. Do we need a reverse curse situation? Mm. Do the Yankees now need to have some weird curse over them where the Red Sox can lord it over the Yankee fans for a while, and a Yankee fan could be like, this is not Yankee baseball. We need to break through. We need this, this. Maybe. Maybe it needs to be one big, fat, juicy storyline. Because we've had moments over the last five years. There's been some trash talk. There's been some rivalry. But maybe it never will hit the early 2000s. Maybe it never will hit what it was before the 2000s. Maybe this is the future of Yankees Red Sox. I hope it's not because I'm feeling the same way you are in this money. It doesn't have that same juice it used to. Yeah, I mean, I just want to point out that, you know, Fox Sports Radio, 95-9-980, you're home in the capital region for Boston Red Sox baseball. And, and again, nothing. Not a thing. Nothing. No no tweets. No, no emails. No nothing. Nothing. I'm about to call now. It's too late. It's too late now. Now I'm comfortable. I'm moving on. I got a night off as a Yankee fan. I don't even care. Getting ready for a little Seattle baseball. Let me dig even deeper into this. And Yankee fan, you can still let us know. Red Sox fan, you've had your chance to criticize LeVac. You can't do it anymore. Too at late. Jeff LeVac on Twitter or at WOFX980 or on Why Facebook. Why would you give out my Twitter and then t- right after you tell them they can't? Like now, now these lazy bums are gonna you know, like muster up a little bit of like you know keyboard warrior. What I was gonna say was that uh, Red Sox fan or even a Yankee fan, you guys can do this together. Are the Rays series more important now? Like if you're a Red Sox fan, do you actually care more about how you play against Tampa than New York? And same can be said for a Yankee fan. And I'll ask you that question. The same thing, Levac. Is wild, strange, odd, depressing? Maybe all those things. Do you care more about how the Yankees play against the Rays than they do against the Red Sox in 2023? Uh, yeah, I do, but that's because as a Yankee fan, I believe I still have a shot of, of doing something this year. Like, the Red Sox are in a down, they're in a down part of their 
of, of what they're building or what they've been or what they will be. Like, discussion today, who's the, who's the face of the Red Sox? Is it Devers? Is it Verdugo? It's not Sale. Mm. You know what I mean? It's probably Devers is as close as you're going to get. Like, Yankee fan, if you remember that, that period of time between Jeter and Judge – where you thought it would have been Robinson Cano, you thought it would have been Gary Sanchez, you thought it would, but there really wasn't that overall, you know, defining face of the Yankees. Like if if I told you, I was like, who's the person that, like if I show you their face right now, you go, Yankee baseball. Like right now it's Judge. You know, it's it's Aaron Judge. If, like if, if I show you a face right now, who is Red Sox baseball? And again, it's, it's debatable. You might get five different answers. (laughs) <laughs> that's so hard you know like justin turner but i don't think about him as a red sock no. that's not it but even that like I, he's one of the guys too like if you're not if you're even if you're not an everyday baseball fan like if you're talking to your mom or whoever like your, your dad or somebody who's like they they like baseball they don't love baseball you say aaron judge they go yankees you say justin turner nobody's going when do you think, yeah, when you think Kaylee Jansen, do you think Dodgers? When do you think Kluber? You think Guardians slash Indians? Like all, right. For a while there, what was it, two weeks ago? The most buzz around any Red Sox player was Rob Refsnyder, which is almost which, comical for Yankee right. fan, right? Weren't you the one who used to call him 4A or was it Armin? Me. It was you? Yeah. Yeah, 4A. So he's like, because that was the thing. Rob Refsnyder was the, the dude, the like the definition of potential. Because potential means you ain't done boop yet. And every time, every every spring training, every whatever, oh, this is the year. Ref Snyder makes his makes his leap to the bigs. They start moving his positions around to get him into the Yankees, and it never it never came to fruition. Never ever. Now he's over with with the Sox. He's playing decent baseball. Yeah, he's playing fine. He's not great, but he's definitely not somebody you regret having on your roster. You know, uh, which hurts a little bit because again, I I just remember like Sterling and Kay, whether you listen to radio or, or watching TV, John Sterling, Michael Kay. Oh, Rob Refsner. Oh, Rob Refsner. Refsner, this is the year for Rob. Ref, 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 And then never. So it does always suck like that. You got that going on. You got, you know, you, you, your, your boy, Aaron Hicks now, <laughs> playing decent baseball for the O's. Like, there's, there's guys like that. But, again, who is it? Like, I think that's – and I think, I think Sox fan came into this year knowing that anything you did good was going to be – um, almost not not a shock or surprise, but gravy because you knew it wasn't a good year. But at the same, I just again I can't remember a time, and that was it. Used to be even worse. Like if if I was a Yankee fan and I knew my team was garbage or at least not as good as as the Red Sox, and then you swept them, oh my god, brace yourself because I'm coming for you. Like you can't even beat us now when we're a shadow of what we should be. How dare you? Like, this is, it's a, I think it's, I think this, this sweep should say more about the Yankees than it does the Red Sox, but I feel like it says a lot about the Red Sox that they just, like, you swept the Yankees and no one seems to care. So you have the Rays now meaning more for both franchises, mm-hmm. series. Well, more for the Yankees. Again, the Sox know they're not going to the postseason. So. And, well, I'll even push it a second spot here, too, with the Red Sox and Yankee fan. More, this is definitely for the Red Sox instead. Red Sox fan following the sweep and Red Sox fan for the remainder of the season. When you curse a franchise, when you're yelling, screaming, all oh, those blah, 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 things I can't say on radio about a team. I mean, you could. I, I, I guarantee you Red Sox fan this season 
will not be as frustrated with the Yankees as they will be with the Minnesota Twins. Because every time Red Sox fan is going to pull out their phone this year and look at the standings and wonder if, oh, did we catch a game for Toronto? How far back are we from Tampa now? Is Baltimore ever going to fall off? They're going to scroll that thumb down, and they're going to see Minnesota sitting atop the AL Central. They're like, what? They have less wins than us. We're in last, third, first. This is stupid. This is dumb. They're going to be cursing at the Twins more than the Yankees. I don't think they're going to curse anything. I don't think they care. I think they gave up on this season before it started. I do. I think they gave up before the season. Like, like right now, they're they're just outside of wild card. They're just outside. They should be fighting their butts off for wild card. But they just don't. Again, I don't think they care. Radio boy, Tommy Corporate. When the next ratings come out, tell me how they do. All right. Because what, tonight, what, 640 coverage starts, 740 first pitch against That's the Twins? Right. Yep. Against those cursed Twins, the best rivalry in baseball, the Red Sox and the Twins? I didn't say that. I didn't say the that. The best. I mean, it's just a fight to the finish between the Sox and the Twins, the Twinkies and the Red Sox. I, my point was more about a last-place team maybe finishing with a better record than a first-place team. But, but you pointed out. Who knows if that record's going to stay in that way? If no, they're not, they don't want to stay competitive. That's not even like a smart strategy for the Red Sox. Maybe, they're going to finish in last. Maybe it's because you've been an Orioles fan for the majority of your life. You don't understand the level of hatred this rivalry used to have. People ask me all the time, "Why do you hate Boston so much?" Because I feel like obviously you don't ever want to see your rivals win. In the world of the NFL, I don't. Like, I don't like the Chiefs. I don't like the Broncos. I don't like the Chargers. I don't hate any of them. I don't hate any of them. I don't like them. I don't hate them. I hate Boston because as a child on a class trip to Boston, I don't know any better. I'm a little kid throwing a Yankee shirt, throwing a Yankee hat, and I go on the trip. We're not even in Boston yet. The bus stops at McDonald's to feed the kids. Like every, it's a, they, one of those ones where they like, they told the parents in advance, "Are you okay with McDonald's? Send this much money along. We'll have a we'll have a, a happy meal for each one of the kids." These old fogies start trash talking me. I'm like eight. <laughs> I'm eight years old, and I'm being trash talked at a McDonald's at a at a, at a, a truck stop, and I've never let it go. And since then, I've had worse experiences with Red Sox fans. So it's not, it's not even about what happens on the field. I hate them. Like, if you're from Boston, we probably don't get along. Boston Dan is the exception to, to, that proves the rule. He's the only Boston guy I get along with. This, I hate them. They hate me. It's like, it's and, and, and in the hate, we found respect for each other. The Twins will never factor in. The Rays only factor in because they're there. The Orioles factor in because they're there. It's insulting that you teams feel like you have the right to get between what what is what is the Red Sox and Yankees hate. Hate, 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 hate. You have the nerve to be there. But to to be swept by the Sox, I think I'm actually more offended than I would have been had had we swept them and they didn't care. I'm offended that I didn't wake up to hate. I'm offended. Like, how dare you walk out on this? I have years in this. Why aren't you hating me? Why are you? This is this is when you say something. Your your team of nobodies beat my team of stars three times, and you say nothing. 
How dare you? What is that little thing we got on the app, the iHeart app, that can hit a little microphone and talk smack? That's right, yep. If that's not full of smack by Friday from Red Sox fans against Yankees on your home for Boston Red Sox baseball, Fox Sports Radio 95.9 and 980, I say we switch to the Mets overnight. We don't even call anybody. I can't do that. No one's going to notice. No one's going to notice. If that, that, that app is not full of trash talk about my beloved Yankees, by Friday, I say we I say we just pull it and see what happens. I say we just start airing like tech w- issues. That's right. Just whatever. How that happen? Whoa! No. How the Mets get on here? Whoa! Love it. Tech issues. I'll, I'll I'll literally come in and just talk about what happens at my other job at Techie Fire and Water Restoration. Not, 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 I'll do it. Not, watch. Watch what happens. Tech issues. Okay. Watch what happens. I know what will notice. Red Sox fans have quit. They've quit. They've quit. We've won. We got swept and we won. How's that? Feels good. Feels good. Uh, it is. You know what else feels good? What's that? Uh, living in a pest-free environment. That does. Woo! Maybe that's what happened. Maybe when, when I signed up with USX Pest Control, they sprayed for Red Sox fans, and they're not around anymore. Maybe, <laughs> maybe USX non-chemical exclusion package has excluded Red Sox fans from my life. Maybe that's how good USX Pest Control is. I don't know if this has happened to you, but like sometimes now I'm noticing. I did this earlier today. I was like... All right. Well, this it, it rained over the weekend. This happened. That oh, maybe there's no bugs over here or on this toy. Right. I'm not even thinking about that anymore. Thanks to our friends at USX Pest Control. I already know they took care of it. They've continued to come back on checking everything and make sure it's working good. And it is. That goes into the inspection and everything going around your home. Call them up. Shout out to Tim. Shout out to Frank and everybody over there that's taking care of my home. They can do the same for you this summer. We're hitting the final few days here in June, basically. That schedules are about to change. Vacations are on the way. You don't want to leave your home and wonder, oh, I wonder if there's like a ton of pests in our home. Probably should each other. LeVac and Goss told you yeah. about USX Pest Control this summer. Make an appointment. Take a half day. Whatever it takes to make sure your home is safe for weeks and months to come. Your first step is free, my friends. USXPest.com. Sign up today for a free inspection. You will not regret it, my friend. Um, I think there's an issue in Buffalo. I think there's a problem. Next, right here on Fox Sports Radio 95.9 and 980. Fox Sports Radio 95.9 and 980, and of course, the iHeart app. So this um, this Stephon Diggs situation in Buffalo, I keep thinking it's like, it's like basically over. It's becoming a much ado about nothing. And maybe it, it is, but I don't think so. I think there's actually a legitimate issue between the number one receiver and the Buffalo Bills. So, in case you missed it, um, Diggs did not come to voluntary workouts, showed up, did his physical, took off. The Bills, like, own media reports that he's not there for mandatory stuff, shows up the following the following workout, and everything is, is fine, right? Everything's peachy. But it... A little bit of digging around I've seen from, like, you know, pro football talk and some other places. This has been brewing. So the rumor now is that Stefan Diggs is not thrilled with the offensive play calling, and he's even more mad that he's not involved in a conversation about what should be called on the offense, which historically I feel like that shouldn't really be a thing. Like, you know, you you work for me, go do your job. 
you're paid very well. Um, by the way, when we picked you up from Minnesota, you were labeled as a diva wide receiver and a problem, and no one's talked about you like that at all. So just for your reputation rehab, you probably should just be saying thank you. Uh, but no, that's that's not the case. So if you go back, they, they've now like tracked all the way back to when you get stomped by Cincinnati in the playoffs. He gets in, he's not in Allen's face, but he's, he's in front of Josh Allen. His body language is one that suggests he's wearing him out. He's, he's, he's very unhappy. Um, he, again, doesn't go to any voluntary workouts, doesn't do a bunch of stuff, has, has, you know, not so cryptic social media that he's not really thrilled with some of the things that happened. And I think most people just chalked a lot of that up to, well, he's an ultimate competitor. He's tired of losing in the playoffs. And, you know, he's he's not going to go there because a lot of guys haven't been going to the voluntary workouts now. Uh, now it looks like maybe he's upset. And maybe it's an actual real, real issue. And he, some people are speculating he didn't leave after the physical guys. He was sent home after the physical. Okay, that is a lot more helpful of those details now coming out than when we were stuck with last week trying to figure out why are they using the term concerning if he's there but he's not going to practice that doesn't make sense and something pop up this this makes a lot more sense especially the part about him just getting sent home because if you get in a fight with somebody i don't care who it is and i'm talking fight more so verbally than physical whether it's a family member whether it's a friend whether it's a co-worker sometimes it's just good just get out of the room you know what? I'm going home. Walk I'm away. walking away. Right. This is not worth in June us blowing up the season over. So now rethinking some of the terms that were used concerning issue. We don't know. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense. Stefan Diggs and the Bills got in a screaming match. We'll call it a lot of the terms you just laid out there likely happened and they were upset. McDermott, Allen for how passionate Diggs was. Again, fits what you just talked about. Super passionate, super uh, competitive guy who wants more success. All right. Like some of this stuff's making a little bit more rational reasons as to why there was a blow up. Now, now, even though all that makes sense, I got to go back to one thing that's being reported. And you mentioned it. He wants more of a say in play calling. No, no, no. Allegedly. No, allegedly. Alleged. Fine. Fair enough. Allegedly. I want to I want to go through that with like every position in the NFL. Hey, if you're a running back, do you want a little bit more say in play calling? Yeah, I want the ball every single play. <laughs> hey, I'm a wide receiver. I want the ball every single play. Like, no. This is where it has to stop. And I know Stefan Diggs would be like, no, no, I don't want every single play. We got to establish it. You are a super competitive athlete. I'm not even going to criticize you if you want the ball every single play. That's the attitude you have to have to be successful. So I'm not even hating on the hustler, whatever you want to call it. But eventually, that passion can rub people the wrong way. You know, we just came off the NBA Finals, Jimmy Butler. Some places it worked, some places it didn't. Des Bryant's a great example of this, right? Like people in Dallas wanted to hate on Des Bryant forever. Once the audio came out of what Des Bryant was screaming on the sidelines, people were like, okay, seems like a good teammate to me. If he wasn't a wide receiver, we'd think of it differently. We got a ways to go here with Diggs, but there's going to be a lot of cameras and a lot of microphones in Western New York watching how he's acting for the rest of the summer. And even more so if you hate the Bills. You're probably really now, – now you're just trying to get him to talk because 
I, I love the way Josh Allen has handled this. Like, it's, it's funny because in the beginning, I was like, Josh is either really, really bad at the, I'm going to keep the in-house information in-house, or he knows his guy is ticked off, and he feels like if he goes out and says, hey, we all have to do a better job of communicating, we have to do, we, I could be better at getting him the ball. I could, he's now realized his guy is ticked off, and he is going to take the step to kind of, you know, put a little salve on that wound, and hopefully he's going to get his guy to come back because he knows how important Diggs is to that offense. Because that offense, they, have, they, they can't run the ball with a good wide receiving core. Imagine what happens when you don't have a Diggs that you, that you have to double team. Now there's another guy in the box ready to kill whoever tries to run the ball. It's truly an oddity, too, in the NFL. And this two quarterbacks have had this happen and really rethought their careers with wide receiver drama. Eli Manning and Matthew Stafford. Eli Manning is a more recent example because you and I covered this. We've been to camp. We've heard the storylines with the Giants in the past. There were people who had the take that Eli Manning was a better quarterback without Odell Beckham Jr., and out loud, it still sounds weird. Like, what do you mean he was a better quarterback? But Eli had more success in his career without a star-wide receiver. Plaxico was awesome. Victor Cruz is awesome. But I, when it's all said and done, Plaxico, some of that stuff's off the field. When it's all said and done, I believe Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have a better career than both of them. And when we rank great wide receivers, Odell will be better. But statistically, Eli wasn't better with Odell. The Matthew stafford Kelvin Johnson stuff is so bizarre to me. Yeah. That statistically, you can look at Matthew Stafford's career and say he's been better without one of the great wide receivers of all time. And I bring up that point because is this the future of the Buffalo Bills? That now that this stuff is out there and Diggs clearly wants more of a focus, even though he was statistically one of the best wide receivers in the NFL last year, is that in Josh Allen's mind now? Is he going to hear Diggs yelling and screaming and being like, I got to force the ball to him and the right. whole Bills offense is going to change in 2023? That's the concern for Buffalo fans for sure. That is, I mean, that had to be what the deal was with Stafford, right? That he that he thought he had to get the ball to Megatron no matter what. Um, with Eli, if you if you look at the best years Eli's had, not just like statistically, but just like winning, and you're you're afraid of what he can do to you. Like it almost always ends up with a. It starts with like a no name tight end having like fifty receptions plus. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, like he's just, he's got to be able to throw where he's comfortable. And once he throws where he's comfortable, then he can fan out to everybody else. Is that, is that something you see from Josh Allen? That's a, I mean, that's something that time only tell. I was, I mean, as I look at this, and you heard me say this all last season, if you were dumb enough to sit next to me in a bar, I saw Josh Allen's style of play change without, without Brian Dable as the OC. He did either Dorsey didn't tell him or he didn't listen to the your first your first objective, your first goal is to throw that ball down the field. That's your first goal. It's your second goal, it's your third goal. Your fourth is to run for yards. Because he did like he tried to play hero ball so much last year that we all waited for him to get really, really hurt. The opening game of the season where you looked really good. That dude tried to run over Aaron Donald multiple times. There's people, and I would like, you know what? Maybe I'm going to hurt myself, but I'm going to take a shot at this guy. Aaron Donald's not on that list. He's a freak. So that, I, 
I witnessed that with my own eyes. I thought that with my own little tiny brain. And now, what was different last year to the year before? Stefan Diggs didn't say a, a negative word. I didn't know Stefan Diggs spoke in Buffalo until recently. I didn't. He never said anything. Brian Dable. Did he like Dable's offense better? Was Dable better equipped to explain to him what his role in the offense was? Or does this all span from Josh Allen changed the way he played in this offense because Dable was there? Like, it just, to me, screams like Brian Dable was a way bigger part of that team's success than we, than we all realized, which, you know, makes sense. But it continues to grow. And... I, I can't remember where, I, what I was listening to some like weird podcast somebody sent me. I really, I would give it credit, but I can't remember what it was. But they went in this whole, they had somebody on who his voice was so bad. I can't remember who it was, but basically went into like McDermott's on his way out. Like he's like, this is, this is happening. Why would Leslie Frazier, who wants to be a head coach, take a year off? Why would this happen? Why would that happen? Sean McDermott does not have the, the, the control of Buffalo that you think he does, and people are starting to see it. The Dayball stuff, I know the X's and O's, NFL film, Twitter is a bizarre place. And <laughs> you, can, you can do whatever you want. Remember, Bills fans, that was the same Twitter that anytime Josh Allen would have an overthrow, they thought he was the worst quarterback ever. <laughs> but I bring that a point up because Brian Dayball was the king of it last year. And I, by king, I mean there were the X's and O's, film guy, uh, Brian Baldinger, Field Yates, and others would be like, Look at this play Dayball just drew up. And there were times last season for the Giants, and Giants fans, you definitely saw it and heard it. Mm-hmm. Picks 106, Sister Station, home from the Giants. <laughs> that There were plays where he won games last year. That's what you dream of as a football fan, that your coach can be so good, he's going to help you win games because of what he's done in the film room and prepping for the game. I think those are all fantastic points about Dayball's impact was felt last year in Buffalo, and especially with Josh Allen. There is one thing I do have to address, that I think maybe you and I, haven't mentioned this yet about Diggs. Could he actually be right? I know I brought up Eli and Stafford as the examples of quarterbacks who might have actually suffered with primetime wide receivers and big-time players. Let's just, let's just play this game for a second. Could Diggs be right? And what I mean by that is maybe he should get the ball more this season. And the reason is, boy, the Bills running backs stink. Like, they again this offseason— did not do a great job of figuring out the running back position. Devin Singletary was drafted a few years ago. He had so much hype around in camp. You look at the Bills' depth chart. Devin Singletary's not on it anymore. Here are the listed running backs in mid-June for a Buffalo Bill team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. James Cook, Damian Harris, Latavius Murray, and Naeem Hines. LeVac, they got worse at running back. There's not one name there where I can point and say, you know what? I got to pick between Diggs or this running back. Who should get the ball? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe Diggs isn't wrong. Now, look, sure. Could a running back get cut this offseason? Uh, is there a running back like Zeke who's still out there? Yeah. Like, there are guys, Dalvin Cook, the, the Cook brothers in the back. Maybe Buffalo is going to make a move for the running back position. But at this moment, maybe Diggs isn't too far off about needing the ball more if this is what the offense is going to look like. Well, you know what, man? Like, I don't think there's ever – I don't think there's ever a bad time to to throw the ball to your best player. You know what I mean? Like, like, 
it's hard for me to just go, no, he, he's completely wrong. He shouldn't get it more. You know, what are we talking about? But like, I will, I will, I feel like I need to point this part out, right? He was targeted 154 times <laughs> in the regular season. It's about what? Quick math. About eight, nine, eight, nine times a game. It's pretty good. Justin Jefferson in 17 games had 128 receptions on 184 targets. Okay. 30 more targets, 108 catches to 154 targets for Diggs, 128 to 184 for Jefferson. And I, I bring up the Vikings for a couple of reasons. You know, that Jefferson may be the best receiver in the game already, and that's Diggs is pretty familiar with that that franchise as well. Is it is it 20 more targets? Is it because I will also say that the <laughs> the Bills ran the ball. 430 times, 124 of those were, were Josh Allen. Um, 404 rushes for the Vikings, and they had an often injured Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Like, if you told me to take 24 carries away from Josh Allen, and he only has 100 carries next year, and give those 24 targets to Diggs, I'm on board. And just... Bet 30 more targets, 17-game regular season. It's about two more targets a game. And I'm willing to wager that Minnesota was trailing in far more games in 2022 than Buffalo was. So Kirk Cousins has to throw in the second half. And you mentioned the rushing stats there. If Buffalo's beating some teams, they can wind that clock in the second half. Minnesota was record-wise, I believe, the, one of the best teams in the NFL last season yeah, before they got they upset. Were surprised, yeah. yeah. The problem was they were... They had a lot of close games they won. Everyone talked about the one-score games. So, so uh, besides the rushing but attack. But also, I will point out yeah. that, that Jefferson played one more game than Diggs, too. Right. So, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I just, I, yes, but no. How's that? Yes, but no. Like, again, I don't. I didn't like how many times Josh Allen ran last year. I don't hate running well over 400 times in a season if you have the backs to do it. You want to take those those rushes away from your quarterback and add them to the targets to your number one wide receiver? Okay. All right. We're on board. We're all on the same page. Do I want to do that because I was told to? No. No. I don't want I want my wide receiver <laughs> to show up and catch the damn ball. <laughs> that's what I want. That's that's all I really want. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if this becomes an issue. I, I know that uh, news came out over the weekend that it looks it looks very, very likely that, that DeAndre Hopkins is going to sign with New England, which makes very little sense to me. I don't feel like he makes them a contender, but I, I and I don't feel like they'll pay him way more than other teams would. I don't does he make Mac Jones good? Is that is that the belief? It must just be a trust thing in New England and I But didn't he go to war with Bill O'Brien? Isn't that why he was traded? Yeah. And if you rank some of these teams who are also in the mix, you would I would constantly go back and say New England should be at the bottom of that mix. We'll yeah. see what he decides to do. But that, that's, and also, one other thing to add to that. Haven't there been examples of wide receivers who have gone to New England that hasn't worked out? There's a, a variety of those. I think about yeah. Chad Ochocinco that didn't work out. Was that 10, 15 years ago? Antonio Brown's a, a different reason. But he oh, he actually worked when he, for the 15 seconds he was on the field. <laughs> you know what? Actually, he did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when he was on the field, yeah. But these all, they all had another thing in common. Anyone that did work out, Tom Brady. Not Mac Jones or or or, or Zappy Bailey or whatever the hell yeah. his name is Bailey Zappy, um, so that's it. we'll we'll see how that goes. But again, that's not I can't make everything better knowing that 
D Hop is going to a rival too. Um, did you happen to see? I'm giving myself the Integrative Sleep Center social media post of the day. Oh, I, I know where you're going with this. This is a nice tease because two things made us happy this weekend. Can we do this coming up? Because I think what you're talking about made you very happy this weekend. And I got a story that made me very happy this weekend. Okay, well then, I maybe we're on different ones. Because I was going to use this to talk about my good friends at Mohawk Chevrolet. Oh. Because because the Integrative Sleep Center post of the day, uh, for me, thanks to the Integrative Sleep Center in Boston Spa, 518-885-6185, is the ring cam catching my mailman just just going gaga over my truck. My ScarJo. The, the the Silverado, Black Widow edition Silverado that, I, that I've got from Mohawk Chevrolet, our good friends at Mohawk Chevrolet, um, he I, I get a notification, hey, there's someone in your driveway. So I'm like, oh, it's probably mailman. So I click it up. Sure enough, it's the mailman. And he he's looking and he goes, woo! He's like looking at the truck. He's into it. And then must know who I am because he goes, Raider Nation! And he kept walking. And I don't have any Raider <laughs> stuff displayed. Um, but it was pretty amazing. And it's one of those things like, I think everybody wishes they got that reaction to what they were driving. And sometimes you get it. Sometimes you don't different reasons. I've never received it when I wasn't there for it. <laughs> like as much as I've had beautiful vehicles from, from Mohawk Chevrolet, I've never had it where like unprompted where no idea anybody's watching. Look at that. Like that's the, you should be able to get that feeling from your vehicle. I see. I see the, the gases in a, in a Mohawk Chevy today as well. Uh, <laughs> but that's like, like that's that's the thing is like whatever it is that isn't right with your vehicle right now can be. Like is it, ah, you know, it gets hot, it doesn't do this right, or it does this, or is this, I'm just sick of it. Or I wish I had a moonroof. Or I really, really want this, 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 and this. There's great ways you can do that Mohawk Chevrolet. First is Car Bravo. You just put everything in. They find the vehicles for you, and boom, you get it. It doesn't even have to be a Chevy. But – you can also go do that at Mohawk Chevrolet. Amazing selection right now. The, the lot is stacked with Equinox, Traverse, Silverados. They actually have multiple Black Widow Silverados left. The, Mike Court over at Tech is talking about going to get one just so I shut up about mine. Like that's <laughs> that's that's what's going on, man. But it's just it's just amazing to me. I love what's going on at Mohawk Chevrolet. I love what they've done for me. You'll love what they do for you. Find new roads to Car Bravo at Mohawk Chevrolet where they go out of their way to please you. We will talk about other social media issues. Both good and bad. Coming up next right here, LeVac and Goss, Fox Sports Radio, 95.9 and 980. Oh, the horn section has joined us. Uh, <laughs> and that's not a fart joke for once. Uh, LeVac and Goss, Fox Sports Radio, 95.9 980. And um, so I, I do love I, – I just can't, I can't get over it. I love the dude's reaction, my mailman. Somebody said I need to tip my mailman because he liked my truck. No. Do you tip your mailman? Like, I know people leave, like, Christmas cards and stuff like that for them. Like, I'm, I'm big on tipping, especially now that, like, my name's on my truck and your name's on my truck. I'll tell everybody I was guys if they don't like the way I tip. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, I'm the second one. Um, but, like, I've never tipped my mailman. I haven't either, but now that you've mentioned this, I wonder if, like, now I'm going to get in a weird chop it up here. Like, mailman versus Amazon versus delivery packages like is there different variations of people you should tip like if you're coming in with a monster christmas gift and you could see the dude struggling like all right hey man here's yeah, a tip for you but i don't know if you're just opening the mailbox putting it in and then closing it up i don't know if that's and like i i know i have different mail people like like the 
person on Saturday is not usually the one I see during the week. And then there's somebody like there's one who always leaves the, the thing open no matter what's going on. Rain, my mailbox is open, everything drives me insane. I don't even know how to complain about it. So, like, I don't want to accidentally leave a tip for one, and then the, the one who leaves it open gets it. That would, that would drive me insane. Oh, I got a big tip from, uh, from that, that fat guy. Like, that's great. And everybody else is like, wait, we're the ones who take care of them. I don't know. So, well, I don't know how to do that. Let me ask a dumb question. Please insult me if needed at Tom Goss, T-O-M-G-O-Z-Z. Isn't there, like, a law situation involving the mail? Like, if you open up somebody else's mail, that's a crime. Yes. But technically, because of their occupation— are you allowed to tip them? Are they doing a service so. for the country? I don't think there's a rule against it. Okay. I don't think there's, like, like you're, you're, like, I love the people who see somebody in, like, uniform, like armed forces, and pay for their stuff without telling them. Yeah. And they just get out of there. I love that. And that's not against the law. So I, I would I, imagine it can't be for mailmen either. Well, the reason I, I put mailmen in the mail person. Mail person. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I put male person in that same category as people who are doing something for the community and to service. Like, I just couldn't imagine, like, a firefighter's, like, putting out a fire, and then somebody's like, hey, man, here's 20. For hey, good job on that. Way to, way to get yeah, that. Way to go, man. You great. know, like a cop's arresting somebody <laughs> and just some, <laughs> hey, hey, nice job hey, on that arrest. Form. Here's a 50. Like, I just, no, but nobody does that. <laughs> good good yeah. form there. Good form. Way to, you know, way to, way to, way to cuff that dude. Good Do- job. Doctor the same way. Hey, doc, that medicine worked. I mean, uh, I know my insurance is going to cover it, but yeah, here's, a, here's a 20. No more, uh, no more rash. That's great. Um, what were you? So I, well, you were gonna say something. You got you thought I was going oh, a different yeah, direction. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna mention that I loved golf after dark. You know when yeah. the fall rolls around, and you can admit it if you want. If you're a college football fan, and you might just watch Pac-12 football to chase if you had a beating that Saturday. I love Pac-12 after dark. I enjoy Pac-12 football, even though last year, God, that was terrible. But I loved the U.S. Open at night. I, I, I don't know if it was because it was super competitive and every shot mattered and Wyndham Clark danced a little bit about, am I going to choke? Am I not going to choke? We left Friday shows telling you that there's going to be an amazing shot. I, that was my big prediction that an amazing shot was going to win it. There were some amazing shots throughout the four rounds of the U.S. Open. But there was something cool about golf being in prime time. And I'm watching golf where it's dark here in the 518, but it looks beautiful in Los Angeles. And then I started thinking, like, hang on a second, hang on. So the NFL is moving everything around to get as many viewers as possible. The NBA takes about three weeks, as you pointed out, LeVac, to get the NBA finals going. Right. Hockey's on every single channel now. Hockey used to be on the hunting channel and versus. Now they got games on Turner and ESPN and everything else. And baseball is on it. You get it. Team sports are spreading across. Can we get at one point where golf says not only do we like the West Coast golf, and people are tuning in, and maybe it's not always about television ratings because I know it was doing a lot of stuff on Peacock. Can we get one major where we decide to go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? I know golf mm-hmm. is always on Sunday, but you just put golf in prime time on Sunday. We can't make that happen in the summer on a Saturday night. I was all about it. I thought it was so cool to have an evening of golf going deeper. Somewhere CBS and Jim Nance are yelling, no, 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 60 minutes does too well, guys. We know what our audience is. I thought it was cool watching golf after dark. I don't think I would ever watch conventional golf on a Saturday. Like, And maybe like part of this could be that this was such a, such a great tournament until Sunday. Like, Sunday sucked. I'm sorry, it was boring as all hell. Like, it was... 
<clears throat> Wait a second. You just hate Ricky Fowler. Admit it. That's Call not Ricky all. Fowler a bum. That's you had so much money on Ricky Fowler and he choked. Had, He's one of the biggest choke this? artists in sports now, Ricky Fowler. How about how about the fact that I had I literally had money on four four golfers to win and top five. Win win in top five. Fowler, I only had money on to win. Rory McElroy, Ricky Fowler, John Rahm, and Brooks Kepka. All top 20 golfers. The first three I mentioned, top 10. Top 10. But I didn't, I didn't, I won 19 bucks on, on Rory McElroy being, you know, in the top five. <clears throat> but here's, here's the thing. You can't look at that day of golf and go, that was, I mean, how? Like, like, uh, Wyndham Clark won at minus t- 10 under, right? Wasn't he 10 under going in? Like he had a four-stroke lead with three to play. The yeah. only entertaining part of yesterday was Fowler falling apart. There was a couple really nice shots, but there wasn't like that big move. There was no nobody made that huge run. Like Tommy Fleetwood looked like he might think about it for a second. He went away. Like there was just Harrison English crumbled. Like it was. I get that it was like it was on. It was nice to take a nap too. You know what I mean? Like literally fell asleep during it. But there was no, like, storyline of it that was, like, oh, Domin- Wyndham Clark won. Yay. Like, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a moment. It wasn't that shot I was talking about. It wasn't dominating like it could have or should have maybe potentially as the U.S. Open. And still, it, I think some golf fans might still be getting used to that it's third when it used to be second and hold the calendar switching and everything else. L- let me go back to Ricky Fowler, though, for a second, because I know yeah. it's ranting and raving and made you feel differently about the weekend because you wanted Fowler to win. A lot of people were rooting for Fowler to finally if break through. Fowler had won. And... Rory and Rom had been in the top five. I would have had a very great weekend. You would have paid me to not come in today. I would have just not come in. I wouldn't need you. I'd I'd probably probably be throwing back ice cold beverages. Ricky Fowler has now joined for me Gonzaga basketball in the same category of no, no, no. They're going to win eventually. No, they're just good. You can't criticize them. They they play well. Mm. Like they get to that spot. You know, one year they're going to do it. One. Ricky Fowler has become Gonzaga basketball, where we all believe it's going to happen. They're too good. Eventually, they're going to break through. You know, those same characteristics are people who choke. So Ricky Fowler blew that. But what do you think about that scenario I tossed out? Maybe it's just viewership in sports. That post-Stanley Cup, post-NBA Finals, golf tries a Saturday night West Coast NBC broadcast. There's just too much against it. There's just too much because like Saturday, typically a Saturday night, you're going out, you're having dinner with friends, you know, you'll do something like it just, I can't imagine in the summer people watching golf on a Saturday, like sun, Sunday's perfect because of what I just said. You're a little hungover from hanging out with your, with your buddies on a Saturday or you had a cookout with everybody and now you just want to relax. You just want to relax and just watch ping, ping, it's all. And then, and it's good. Um, unless, unless, unless this injection of the live golf money makes it more rock starish, I don't, I can't see it grabbing eyeballs on a, on a Saturday. Um, I mean, you talk about Ricky Fowler. Here was the guy who used to show up in the, like, like pick a highlighter, like bright orange, bright this, bright. He toned it all down. Now I'm serious. Now I'm going to win. You know, he hasn't. It's just it's it's golf's a serious game for a lot of people. I mean, I 
I'll be in the wide world of sports tournament over at the hideaway on Sunday, <laughs> proving that's not for me. But, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a serious game for, I think Sunday is, I think Sunday's where it lives. It's a tradition, a tradition unlike any other. Hello, friends. Did you mean to do that pun there of where it lives too? Ah, I didn't, but I like it. That was good. But no, I, I just, I don't know. You can't tell me like, I got, like, you liked it because it gave you something to do. I didn't, I'm not a fan of it being late, and I'm not a fan of it being on, on Saturday. Like, important on Saturday. Like, uh, like do it on Sunday. I, I, you'll get my attention. I'll be there. Do it on Saturday. There's just no chance. There's no chance. Maybe maybe the match, again, the way I've always pre- presented, the way the match should be, like, you know, w- any water trap actually has piranha in it. Any sand trap, some kind of, like, dune-esque or tremor sandworm in it. Like make it make it exciting. Drop tax. Have Mick Foley drop tax from a helicopter, <laughs> and then I'm in. You know what, Levac? We got the top four and four coming up. Thanks to our friends in Mohawk Honda. I feel like I gotta talk about Mohawk Honda here now, though. I, I gotta okay. talk about Mohawk Honda here because maybe my take about late night golf and taking a nap summed up my weekend. I traveled back to Central New York in my pilot. I love the vehicle. It's fantastic. I had two of my sister in laws. Two babies, my wife. Which sister-in-laws? The youngest of the two. One is engaged. One is taken right now. Are we sure? Yes. All right. It was a smooth ride back and forth. But if you're spending the weekend, maybe here in the summer with your in-laws, you might want something to watch. And by the way, when you say youngest of two, I mean, we're still talking like. 25, 27, 29. I just want to be clear that I wasn't creeping on like, you know. I'm creeping. I'm creeping on very legal women here. Okay? That's right. Just in case, golf fans or whoever thought that. Or <laughs> I love my pilot. And by the way, we are going to be broadcasting live from Mohawk Honda coming up on June 21st. If you don't have a calendar, that's this upcoming Wednesday where you can get yourself a new vehicle and new ride. So, a smooth ride down and back to Syracuse. I may or may not. Have, no, I did. I took a nap. I don't like admitting I took the nap. You know, I'm one of those people who battles with people and says I'm actually not sleeping. But that's how smooth the ride was back home. So if you're in the car with your in-laws, screaming toddlers and more, I can tell you that a great vehicle that you can get from Mohawk Honda will make all of those things you gotta, far you gotta easier. Go, you got to go next level, though. So like, since I've raised my game with the Black Widow Edition Silverado, you've got to get the trail sport. The Honda Pilot Transport. Oh. Have you seen this yet? I have not. So Jeff Harrodin, our friend who, you know, owner, he posted about it. This thing is sweet. You got you to, gotta, like, you got to call over to the Harrodin family and go, so let me get this straight. LeVac gets to drive around in a Black Widow Silverado. And I love my Pilot, but I need I need a transport. I got to shut him up. Can, can, can you can you get one in here quick enough that I can buy from you quick? Can you do it? If I don't get that, the wife should. Or, no, don't, what, don't what, let what, the what? wife have the one you have now. Oh, okay. Let her. She loves that. That's what you tell her too. You go, sweetie. I know you love this vehicle. You love our Honda Pilot. I want you to have it. Really, Thomas? Oh, thank you. And then don't tell her that you're getting the trail sport till you're already in the driveway. I was going to recommend it to my sister, who told me a horror story over the weekend of how bad her carbine experiences was with another dealership in central new york i'm like take the ride to mohawk honda work with people you can trust during the carbine experience i will take levac's advice as well by the way that's smart you do it by example lead by example that's right get yourself into the vehicle you want get yourself in the pilot trail sport do it guys i love mohawk honda i cannot wait to be there wednesday i'm going to ask to see it on wednesday levac i'm taking your advice and you should take our advice head over to mohawk honda join us on wednesday when we're broadcasting live three to five 
Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you, and they always bring us the top four at four. Which is coming up next right here at Fox Sports Radio, 95.9 and 980. It's time for the top four at four with Levac and Gaz. <laughs> time for the four biggest stories in the world of sports. Thanks to our good friends at Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. Uh, goes. What is the? Well, that sounded familiar for some yeah, reason. Yeah, that was odd. Um, hmm. what is the? Uh, what's the fourth biggest story in the world of sports? It feels like we're playing catch up in today's edition of the top four four because there's so much stuff that's happened over the weekend that we might not be able to squeeze in today's show. Let's talk about some college basketball to lead this off. A Hall of Fame basketball coach fired, resigning, stepping away. Does it matter what term we use at this point involving Bob Huggins? Two one. See blood alcohol content. Point two one. See blood alcohol content. Point two one. Nearly triple the legal limit in West Virginia. Allegedly, he was returning from a basketball camp. There's reports out there that some of them found in. I heard it was like a bag of them. A yeah. bag of empties. Levac, this is also coming off of earlier this summer of Coach Huggins having controversial comments involving anti-gay slurs. Is was it was West Virginia's spot here with Bob Huggins? Where they had nothing to either resign or fire the Hall of Famer. Yeah, it was it was definitely it definitely had to be done. This I mean this is one of those situations too. I wanna be I wanna be really clear. Like if you're one of those people who like goes, Ah, oh, that person needs help. That person needs help. We can't really go that person needs help. And then you're not saying that about Huggins, you you're either not paying attention or you don't really care, you just want to do that for the people you like. Because a lot of people don't like Huggins. I get that. I've always enjoyed his coaching style. I find him to be, I, like, he's he's aggressive, but he's not violent. You know what I mean? He's, he's He goes right to that, that you know, Bobby Knight without actually throwing a chair. He's got some old school, and the old school yeah. stands out because a lot of the old school coaches aren't around anymore. Yeah. Yep. Now, that being said, he knows he can't say what he said on the radio. He knows he can't polish off a bunch of booze and get behind the wheel or get behind the wheel and polish off a bunch of booze. He knows those things. This is seriously self-destructive behavior. There's something going on in that guy's head that needs to be addressed. And, you know, I, I think the worst part of all of this is even if he doesn't address it, let's say he just goes to some quick rehab, he's going to get a coaching job in a year or two. And he's not going to have to fix any of the issues. Ooh, I wonder if this is where you and I are going to feel different about Huggins. Because if you don't know the history of Huggins, a similar situation happened back for his tenure ending at Cincinnati. There was an arrest involving alcohol as well. And it was the battle between the athletic director and Huggins. And eventually Huggins ended up back in his hometown of Morgantown, West Virginia. I wonder about the age here with Bob Huggins. He's 69 years old. At this point, does a college want to hire a 70-year-old head coach? What was Rick Pitino when he got hired back at Iona and St. John's? Is he sitting around that same age? Like some coaches at this point in their life, they might be like, you know what? I'm 70 years old. Some look at this situation and say he's got to address his issues. He's got to change his life, his lifestyle, and everything else. I wonder if age is what prevents Huggins of doing this. He's been coaching for 40 years, and with this changing of the guard in the old school versus the new school, maybe in college basketball in 2023 and beyond, Huggins' style won't work anymore for the future. That's what I think a lot of colleges, universities, have to wonder now involving him. Yeah, I know that's potentially true, but I think a lot of people said those things, same things about Patino or, or similar things 
and then he got his chance, and now he's moving up. Like, I to whether or not Huggins wants to coach. If Huggins wants to coach, he'll put a pretty spin on this at some point. He'll go away for a little bit, and then he'll be back if he wants to because someone will give him a chance. And I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying maybe we try to find out what's causing all this rather than just, you know, condemn the guy. Patino was 67 when he took the Iona job. I thought Rick Patino was older than Bob Huggins. Huggins doesn't look or act as old as he is, which is saying something for a guy who's, you know, drinking as much as he clearly drinks. Story number three here involves the NBA over the weekend. The Phoenix Suns finalized the deal with the Washington Wizards to bring in Bradley Beal. So the Wizards said... It's not finalized yet, is it? uh, According to recent afternoon reporting here, it looks like it might be finalized. So what I had heard is it's done, but they're holding off because they're giving Washington a chance to bring in a third team to pick up Chris Paul. Oh, Because they want to give Chris Paul a chance to, to land on a contender if possible. That's what I heard. So if Chris Paul ends up not going to the Wizards, we do know that the Phoenix Suns' ultimate hope is that it'll be Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal. Man, you know what? Before I dive into the Phoenix thing and the Beal trade and what it means for the Knicks, let's sit on that Chris Paul thing for a second. Chris Paul has been traded a bunch in his career. Even this trade, when I first saw it, I thought, ooh, that's, that seems like not the balanced trade you want. Like, Chris Paul is a Hall of Famer, but now in his career for Bradley Beal? But then again, when was the last time we felt like an NBA f- trade involving a superstar was fair? I would struggle right now off the top of my head to tell you what the Brooklyn Nets got in return for both Durant and Kyrie. Yeah. You know, the Nets didn't all of a sudden have that be a balanced trade. Carmelo back for the Nuggets and the Knicks. That wasn't balanced. There's a lot of unbalanced trades in the NBA. This feels like one of them. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's do this first then. Chris Paul, if he ends up going to a contender, did you? are you hinting at the Knicks being one of those teams? Oh, I, no, I, I, don't, I don't know where he's going to end up going. I don't know what the Knicks would do. I, it's weird because last week I found myself waffling between wanting Beal and not wanting Beal, wanting Zion, not wanting Zion. And then to over the like once I heard the deal happen for Beal, I was relieved because it feels way too same old Knicks to give up a bunch of stuff to get a guy like Beal and then be okay. You know, where I think if you're I, I think most teams are gonna wait. Like if the Knicks wait, I feel like Paul is gonna be released. I think he's like it's like a cash dump almost. And then you can get him without giving up those that that just cash shit you got of of first round picks. I just don't know. I don't know what I want. Like, how bad is it that I've been a Knicks fan for so long that I'm scared to go get the shiny the shiny object, whether it be Bradley Beal, Zion Williamson, Chris Paul, whoever it is. I'm I'm afraid to bring you on board. I really am. Jalen Brunson may be the only one that's really, really worked out for me. I wonder if the confusion here of why Knicks fans and NBA fans when we go through the Bradley Beal deal are confused and tempered about what they want is because how high this money's getting. Oh. Like, Brad, I had this conversation with my dad over the weekend. He goes, Tommy boy, you're telling me Bradley Beal's going to be paid over $50 million a year? Year? What? Yeah. Did he just add an accent there, by the way? Yeah! Ew. Ew. Oh, yeah. He was falling when he said it. That's why I thought it. <laughs> like, what is Jokic worth? Yeah. What is the Greek freak worth? 
what should LeBron have been paid during his career if Bradley Beal's $50 million plus a year? Which is funny, too, because they built this to try to keep you with your original team. Yeah. Which it seems to be doing the exact opposite. <laughs> it almost seems like, all right, these numbers don't even make sense. And the report with Paul is that Chris Paul, this deep in his career, that's a $31 million yearly fee, but right. 15.5 is guaranteed. So Chris Paul getting bought out is going to make re- his contract was ridiculous, and that's yeah. why he's been shopped around so many times over the last he's six, seven years. Multiple ridiculous contracts. Yeah, it helps. Also, multiple. You know, you know what's funny about the Paul thing is you could argue the reason his contract was so high was because of him. Now someone's like, "Guys, obviously he's the one who <laughs> negotiated." But uh-huh. what I mean is, he was the president of the NBA's Players Association, so he's one of the reasons why a lot of these deals and these numbers and everything have come together. He was the one leading the charge. Yeah. To get everybody paid a new number. You know, when you're really good at assists, sometimes it helps to assist yourself, guys. Just let that happen. Well, let's keep that NBA free agency buyouts roster movement going here for story number two. Because also reports are coming out that the Golden State Warriors and Draymond Green are heading in different directions. Draymond Green has declined his $27.5 million player option and will now become an unrestricted free agent. Well, Clutch Paul, Clutch Paul, Clutch like Sports' that. CEO Rich Paul said this, quote, we will continue to talk to Golden State and explore all options. Now, most people thought this is what was going to happen with Draymond. This goes back about two years, though. There's been talk that Draymond was going to get traded. One of my biggest sports guarantees in 2023 was that Draymond Green would not finish the regular season as a Golden State Warrior because of this. Luckily, you were not on radio at that point, so no one heard it. Don't forget to download the LeVac and Goss podcast available <laughs> on Apple and Spotify. That's right. I dodge more criticism than I needed, but nonetheless, Draymond Green finished the season as a Warrior. LeVac, this one involving Draymond, I'll start with this before we get to where he could land. Did the Warriors make a mistake not trading Draymond, especially remember... That Jordan Poole fight that happened many months ago. No, I I don't think so because I think trading him would have given the appearance of the white flag. And I think that would have ticked off Steph. Like, basically what what you have to do when you're running Golden State is twofold. You know, you build a winning team and build a winning team that Steph Curry's happy with. That's kind of where you're at. And... I think as the guy who built that team, it was probably more difficult to do that. But now that he's stepped away, the new architects are going to come in and go, all right, hey, Steph, I know you, you like Draymond, but he's opting out. We'll, we'll make him a nice, shiny offer. But if he doesn't come back, who else we like? We get, this is what we're thinking and try to convince him, sell him on that. But no, I, I don't know, man. Draymond strikes me as the kind of guy whose value is not just what he brings to you on the hardwood. I think he's that guy who brings in that the culture that you want, like, you better be working hard. Don't mouth off. You know, know know your role. Um, Dan Patrick earlier today was talking about guys like like the best the best teams, the best dynasties, were because you knew whose team it was, and you had to you had to live you had to live, play, and work their way. You know, so I, I think he brings a lot. Like that's a guy that if he ends up on the Knicks, it'll be very interesting to see what he adds more. Does he add more to the culture or to the play? I always think of players like this that across all professional sports that if you let someone like that walk out the door and you didn't get anything from it, it's a fail. Unless 
this is a big one. You win a championship. Like, if you thought you could still win, which probably Golden State thought they could still win. You said it right there. The white flag. If you trade Draymond Green, you're basically saying we are not even going to give ourselves a chance to go for a title. They played the Lakers. That was a good matchup. That's probably the team they wanted. I would have loved to see Denver versus Golden State. That would have been a great conference finals. It would have been a whole different. Maybe the highest shooting percentage in the history of the playoffs. Yeah, now thinking about Golden State versus Denver, didn't I mean, Golden State's a better matchup. It would have been a better series because you would have had the inside game versus the outside game. One more opportunity to see if Golden State could just outshoot a team. Now thinking about Draymond, though, I mentioned like, hey, you should have traded him. Boy, it feels like over the last 24 months, and especially this season, the trade value of Draymond Green is not as high as I thought it no. was. No, and, and the way the NBA, the, the contracts work and all that, who knows? If you trade him, there might have been some kicker in there where all of a sudden you owe him another, like, 50 mil and a kidney or something. So, yeah, and he's 30, until I look at it, I'm not going to check it. He's, he's, he turned 33 in March, and then he punched one of his teammates. So Draymond could show up, what, try to get you to win the championship for about two? You just saw it happen with Durant. Phoenix didn't work. Then he got to try to rework his contract. Then Draymond just might want to have one huge monster payday. Like we just talked about with Paul and Beal and everybody else. And he's not worth that. A lot more complicated all of a sudden with Draymond Green. Story number one, baseball action here on Juneteenth. We've seen some afternoon action today involving the Cardinals and the Nationals. And some games tonight include the New York Mets traveling to take on the Houston Astros. That's an 8-10 first pitch there. Don't forget your home. For Boston Red Sox baseball, it's right here, Fox Sports 95. 9 and 980. Our coverage gets underway at 640 as the Red Sox take on the Twins. Levac, no Yankees tonight. That's funny because I don't feel like they showed up this whole weekend. So what's the difference? Um, Twins game is an interesting one for the Sox. I know they're favored. Uh, you know, you, you got a little win streak going. See if you can keep it rolling. You know, maybe just maybe this this group of no names, basically, for, for lack of a better term, could get something rolling, make a little noise, get out of the basement. I I mean, I hope not, but it could happen, guys. So there you go. That's, that's what it, I'm saying. Is Juneteenth going to become Memorial Day in July 4th? Where a lot more afternoon baseball, that's why I kind of noted that to the, stop, the start of this, where it's like, okay, uh, everyone's got the holiday off, focuses on baseball. Maybe we will see more of that going I think, forward. I think you, I mean, you better. That's your job is to is to, you know, find a time where people are putting eyes on the television, ears on the radio, give them something different. If I'm baseball, I'm all, I would already be all over this. I would already like, oh yeah, but what if nobody really buys in? Well, I don't I don't we'll change back. But let's get ahead of it. It is kind of shocking there isn't more on this we're, earlier. We're getting there, baseball, aren't we? Like now every team plays on opening day. Now there's more July fourth games. We're chopping away at it. You guys are changing the rules. You guys are making it more entertaining. We'll put this on the to-do list for 2024 and 2025. Anytime there's a federal holiday, we need more afternoon baseball. Absolutely. 100, 100% agree with that. Uh, LeVac and Goss, Fox Sports Radio, 95.9 and 980. To something to put on your to-do list right now, if you snore, you have sleep apnea on the to-do list, call Dr. Fred Dreer at the Integrative Sleep Center in Boston Spa. That's put it right there. Big bold letters. 518-885-6185. Because that is how you start sleeping better. And and, and here's the situation. A lot of places you're gonna go to, they're gonna insist that you wear that mask. The all that no, not not here. Uh they're maybe gonna push towards surgery. No, not here. 
listen, if, if you absolutely needed those things and they figured it out for you that way at the Integrative Sleep Center, they'd point you in the right direction. But if you're like me, who had severe sleep apnea, who had very loud snoring, or as everyone called it, um, I believe it was a bear juggling chainsaws and then also sleep dying were the two things that my <laughs> friends would say about me after trips. Um, Integrative Sleep Center can help you out. I got a mouthpiece that is custom made for me, keeps my airway open, snoring's reduced, sleep apnea is under control. Cannot tell you how great they've been, how easy it is to deal with the Integrative Sleep Center. 518-885-6185. The Integrative Sleep Center and Boston's father helped me sleep better. They'll help you sleep better too. Coming up, I got a little I got a little smorgasbord I want to share with everybody. Ooh, it's going to taste good. Uh, you like that one? Pointer Sisters Jump, I believe. Oh, is it? I don't know. All these just jump say bump music. Oh, my love. Uh, Rachel <laughs> deserves all the credit for this. She put all this in. I actually, um, I ran into her when I was on in the morning. The other day. I haven't seen her in like a million years. Like we ran into each other in the past and, and whatever, but. Oh, I didn't know that. I, that was a rumor. I didn't know if you could confirm the other side. She had known you from the past. I didn't know if you were remembering her existence many i mean that's 15 plus years ago right? i'm just hoping that i wasn't a jerk back then i mean i i'm hoping i developed that later um but no it was, it was good to, it was cool to see her um and and of course doug and everybody at gy and then our friends over at picks and you know the other doors didn't open the the people on the the river and, and wtry <laughs> would not even talk to me that's not true um, they were just like peasant and like walked away that's not you talk to jamie that's not jamie roberts from try she would not come out of the studio that day though oh okay she's like in there man she don't come out she's like hiding she didn't want nothing to do with me that day it's fine she's a very lovely woman (laughs) what wouldn't even talk to me uh congratulations patroons win yesterday which means there's a game today at seven o'clock the patroons won uh 115 to 97 so now it's the third and deciding game against the St. Louis Griffins. The winner of this game will go on to play in the championship series of the basketball league. Whoa, we're almost there. Almost there. And it's here's the thing. At first blush, the the basketball league's playoff bracket seems a little bit much, a little too long, a little drawn out. But this three games and move on, I like it better than what we dealt with in the NBA Finals. I feel like the majority of this has been decided in the time it took for five games to play in the NBA Finals. <laughs> so the Patroons, they win today. They go on to face one of the remaining teams uh, from the other from the other side of the bracket, the West. But uh, my understanding is no matter who they face. So let's say, let's give the Patroons the victory today just for this conversation. I'm not trying to, you know, touch the money. They would host the first game of that series, the the following series, and then they would two on the road. So they would have to win in the on the road. And that's locked in. There's no changing that record-wise. If an upset happened on the other side of the bracket, it's that's, road that's for a my, championship. That's yep. my understanding yeah. uh, per, per Benny Wednesday. So take that as, as you will. I was going to say, some of the guys who have been involved for the broadcast this year. I talked to Rich Becker a few days ago. Now I feel like I dropped the He actually just texted me earlier today. I just gave him the thumbs back. You know, like he, I never do that. Five percent of my text messages are the thumbs back, but we were on the air, and I'm like, "Oh man, I gotta get back." To... I probably should have texted him. And then closer called me the other day, Brian Mariano. If you mm-hmm. don't follow the Patroons, now thinking about this out loud, I think I called him back. <laughs> I think we talked on the phone. I think we did. So you blew these guys off. Okay, good. I could have got right, a lot more scouting report and stats and how the matchups happened and what should. Be. 
I've had two opportunities to get more Patroon Skyner reports and oh for two on that. I do know the franchise is heading in the right direction. That I can say confidently. I mean, they're talking about going up to more competitive leagues. Yeah. They're talking about a lot of things. So very cool to have a uh, local sports franchise run so well. Uh, Valley Cats, <laughs> I think they swept a doubleheader yesterday. Like this is, it's so nice to see these things. These stories are nice. They're nice. I like them. We had a crystal ball, and we said, all right, what's our calendar look like here in the summer for LeVac and Gaz on the Fox Sports Radio side? Hey, what's that mid-June, Juneteenth Monday going to look like? Well, there's going to be a big Albany Empire home game. We're going to definitely talk about that. Antonio Brown's probably going to be on the field by then. That's going to be a monster show come Monday of what happened locally. Things changed. Yeah, they changed a little. They did. Um, <laughs> I, I love that over the course of the weekend – um, Antonio Brown started going after the people who supported him the longest. Like he's gone after Mike Quarter, he's gone after me, he's gone after you know Ben Nelson. Uh, over the weekend, he went after the uh, Chris Siegfried, the commissioner of the National Marine League, who had his back. Oh, like, he did. Of, yeah, went and dug up some like terrible story about the guy's family life from five years ago. Shared that everywhere on his Twitter and social media yeah, platform. Yeah, over, yeah. over. Hang on a second. I, I will fully admit, I missed some of this over yeah, the weekend. Yeah. We don't have to get into the personal stuff with Commissioner Siegfried. I, I don't know if that he's in. Well, the, listen, I'll tell you this. Yeah. In, in the world of arena football, Siegfried and I right now do not agree on what the job a commissioner needs to do in the National Arena League. It just, that's, that's completely just, being, just speaking open and honestly. But in the world of arena football, that man has been through a lot at home. There's a lot of things that have happened in his home life. That is not what we have a difference of opinion on, okay? And everybody in the world of arena football knows about it. He doesn't hide from it. It's a thing, right? So for Antonio Brown to be so petty and so little as to start sharing things from five years ago and think that's going to make a difference, like, by the way, dude, the group that you're trying to get in with, whether it be the NAL, the AFL, the IFL, the 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 F, F, FL, the whatever, they all know about it. They all like Siegfried as a person. And they're all going to be ticked off you did that. So you just closed more doors because you're such a childish jerk. He, I mean, it's just sad. Have you, did you watch the YouTube video? I, I got halfway through the YouTube video you sent me, and then it was. Uh, There's some swear words in it. Yeah. Swear my, my son turned to me quick, and I'm like, oh boy. I actually was out loud saying this to my wife. I'm like, oh, we got to watch this. Levac just sent this video. So I threw it up on the TV, and I turned oh. to her, and, and I turned to her and said, I'm like, as long as there's no swearing, it will be fine. Like, it looks like a pretty official video. And then, like, a, you, three minutes in, I'm like, oh. The, all right. So the account has almost 600,000 followers, the guy who made this video. But the name of the account is The Urinating Tree. And you said it looks official. Like, you <laughs> like honestly, I was like sitting there, I was like, oh, dang, I felt bad for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. I shouldn't have to warn you to not watch a account who the account name is The Urinating Tree in front of your kid. I, I feel like I'm clean on this one. You might be, but I'll, get, I'll, I'll give The Urinating Tree some credit. That's some great production skills. Oh, my I goodness. I did not expect that from that account. Really good production there. And they were super close. Like, a lot of, like... Like a lot of places, a lot of national like YouTubes and stuff like that have have attempted to recap the nonsense um, and been way off on a lot of the details. Just like like honestly, only thing they got wrong was some minutia. Minutia <laughs> that needs to go in some type of vault, some type of time capsule. Yeah. That and Glizzy need need to well, be just locked up in there. I love that somebody on. Um, on social media, redid the Empire logo and made him the Albany Minutia. And it was a really nice-looking oh, logo, man. actually. It's really, really good. 
But but yeah, so that's you know I, again at some point we'll ignore his existence altogether. But it just that that kind of like I honestly it's cyberbullying is what he's attempting to do, and he thinks it's good. And I see people like go, oh yeah, man, double standard, whatever. No, 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 no. You don't understand. The details that you're bringing up are from five twenty years ago. Like the things he brings up about these people, and they're working. The, the people he's going after have worked to improve their lives, improve themselves, while you are spiraling the drain. And it's just it's just becoming more. And look, the one of my favorite parts about that video, and I, I shared it at the Jeff Levac on Twitter, is the ultimate, like, their shots are taken at Tony, but it, the shots are also taken at, like, me, as one of the people who was in the room when we let him in. You know what I mean? And, and like... Please don't, please don't ever misinterpret that, like, that was never, like, no one ever looked around and went, this is the bright, this is the greatest thing we've ever done. This is the smartest movie we've ever made. Everyone looked around the room and went, the media doesn't really cover us. We're not getting enough people in the stands. This will work. And there's a section of the Times Union. There is a section of 13 News. There's a section of every broadcast now that covers the Empire. So... Before you kill us for making the mistake of inviting this this you know life vampire into our lives, take a look around. Because <laughs> now, if we had gotten this kind of coverage, what kind of support could we have got back in the day? I'm sure there's some frustration, too, with maybe you listening right now, whether it's driving around the Capitol region or on the podcast replay of, hey, 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 I thought they were going to talk about the Patroons. Look. That is sort of the reason we're talking about the Patroons and the Valley Cats and the Empire together because I'm sure they don't have to say it publicly. I get it. I'm sure there is some frustration with the other local franchises this summer where they're like, guys, Antonio Brown's ruining everything for the Empire. Can you guys focus on us? We heard that loudly on social media yeah. back in mid-May where there were people yelling at us, media members, of you guys should focus on this or that. Here's what's happened. I can confidently tell you the numbers over the last six weeks. Anytime LeVac and I have said the word empire, mm -hmm. the numbers are through the roof. And if there were seen on our side, trust me, there's a reason why LeVac just pointed out that the local media sports departments, whatever side it is, written word, visual, audio, there's a reason why. It was doing numbers. And it's still oh, yeah. about what people, I always say this, it's almost felt like a cliche for you because you hear me say it all the time. Sometimes in this business, and a lot of times it is about reflecting interest, not generating interest. And the Valley Cats and Patroons, you guys got a lot of cool things coming up on the way. I will offer this take. Do not let Antonio Brown involved in the franchise. I don't know. It might be worth it. No. No? The, okay. the eyeballs right. are on all the right. empire, all but right. slowly but surely they're going away from it. I um, It's funny because like you, when you say, like, you know, we're – we're reporters, you know, we're news reporters, not newsmakers. In this situation, I'm kind of both. <laughs> well, you know what? Hang on. <laughs> but then you guess, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is some irony there now that I mentioned that. Right? right? Like, hey, we can't. Ref oh, wait a second. I just, he actually I, was in it. Yeah. Like, I remember, and it's like one of those things, like, I just, I remember when the conversation began, right? And I remember Mike Corda looking at me directly and going, what do you think? And I just looking back, like I remember, like now, like I remember just looking back and like, like, you know, when, um, you know, anybody right, like right before you pass out and the room sounds super hollow 
and there's like this weird like this just it's just different like everything sounds farther away i just remember that and going to myself like i think you have to but i don't want to and i said i was like listen i go in my opinion we all know this ends bad but i don't think it ends for a long time though i think you have to i think you have to like if 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 the cash is right and all these things are right, I think you have to. And I feel like almost everyone said the same thing. <laughs> like, like, I don't know anybody who said don't do it. I think the only person who said don't do it, actually, you know what? Happy birthday. Mike's daughter's birthday is today as well. Oh, happy she's, birthday. I think she's the only one who went, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, so get her driver's license soon and all that stuff. She can always look over to the rest of us and go, hey, remember when you guys said to bring in Antonio and I said not to? Yeah, yeah, think of that. You're welcome. Maybe you'll listen next time. So um, you guys know. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I don't know. This is weird because I just think I think about it. I think about that moment a lot. Like, what if I had, what if I had verbalized the other thought? Because I had both thoughts in my head. I did. I had like the, is there a way we do this without him? And then I had the, yeah, this might be the way forward. Like, this might be. This is the flamethrower that lights the candle of interest for the entire capital region, which, which turned out to be true. It's not exactly how we drew it up. Let, let me frame it like this. Most people have ne- – I don't think you've heard this take yet from somebody. And this is interesting because, again, it goes back to the Valley Cats and the Patroons. We've watched both of those professional franchises build rosters. Yep. People love the draft. I know the NBA draft's coming up later this week. You wouldn't know it, the lack of coverage that's happening now with that, but the NFL draft, people love it. It's about constructing a roster and putting players and influencers in spots to help the franchise for the future. You guys, as the executive team of the Albany Empire, made a move that you thought would help the future of the franchise. And in similar fashion to the NFL and NBA draft, once you put the player on the court or the field, you can only do so much. Mm -hmm. You made the call. You made the pick. Then the athlete made the mistakes. Like, it wasn't Bro. you guys telling Antonio Brown to do the stuff that he did. It wasn't oh, like, no. hey, our advice is to do this crazy stuff. No. Well, like, you made the play. You thought it was the best play. It didn't work out. But it's funny because you said, like, what you said first, too, is is what happened first. Build the roster. Mike Mike Corda and, and you know, Tom and Oss and, and Damon Ware, and those, they went and got the biggest names in arena football. Like the first the, the the championship team in twenty one is Tommy Grady, Darius Prince, Malachi Jones, <laughs> Mo Ruffins, like Jay Rich, like all of our guys. That was a huge roster. That roster wins in any level of indoor football. Any level of arena football wins. Year two, Darius Prince, Dwayne Hollis, like Mike Faithful, who was a big name. Sam Casanova ends up taking the gig, but like all these guys, Brandon Cisse over and over keeps coming back. Like the rings did not get the attention that we got once we brought in, once we brought in Antonio. That's a, so there you go. But Hey, here we are. Here we are. I guess as the saying goes, house fires get attention to, um, I might've just made that up. I get ready for the play of the day. I do. Okay. I do want to do that. Um, <laughs> 
I also want to tell you a, a better way to elevate your brand than inviting an egomaniac narcissist in. Might be just like from the rip. Just go talk to Elevation 10,000. How's that? That's how you get a better. You, if you want to be known for the right reason, how about Elevation 10,000? They build websites. They'll overhaul yours. They'll tell you where it's good. They'll tell you where it's bad. They'll make suggestions. Digital marketing, making videos to go wherever you need to be to get the right audience. They, if, if you could see like the camera rigs they built to get the right views of like the way a car drives and all this stuff, they take the time and put the effort into those things. Apparel, signage, uh, strategy, all these great things that they can do at Elevation 10,000 is phenomenal. They're right here. It is a local company. It's my buddy Dave McClatt, Gossip by Dave McClatt. We got Josh, we got Christian, we got all the, all the phenomenal people over there that we deal with on a day to day basis. And, you'll see right away that they care about your brand. They're going to help you do it. They're going to help you elevate that brand. Elevate your brand with Elevation 10,000. Play of the day coming up next right here at Fox Sports Radio, 95.9 and 980. Getting very, very close to wrapping up this uh, Juneteenth edition of LeVac and Gaza. I hope you guys are having a, a great day celebrating a, a great moment in American history as, as freedom rings, my friends. And um, we've got the play of the day coming up, but – I, I'm in a different room than Gaz, the way this is laid out. And I looked over, and I was, like, waiting for Gaz to, like, you know, tell me what's coming up, something like that. And he's buried in his phone, and I couldn't tell if you were laughing, if you were a, a gasp. Like, you're – what's what's what is going on over there with that phone? I feel so bad, man, because I – my dad got you a gift. It was Father's <gasps> oh, Day you this – told me this, I yeah. know, man. My, it was Father's Day this past weekend. Mm-hmm. He's got a really cool gift. I had this whole thing oh. laid out for the final segment of today's show. I was going to have you open it on the oh. air. We were going to talk about what it meant and all this. I had it all planned out for today's show. And I'm looking around thinking like, oh, where's LeVac's gift? And then I realized it's at the house. So this is no longer going to be a bit on the air or we get – this was you had no idea what this gift is. No, and and I love that your dad thought about me. He did not have to do that. I really appreciate it. Well, my dad just sent me a text here, and not only did I forget the gift, he is now taking pictures and said the gift has a symbolism. The wrapping paper he put it in means something for you. I, I feel you left awful. It at his house. No, no, no. It's sitting at my house right now. I will bring it to you tomorrow. But he wanted to point out uh, this won't ruin anything. We will talk about it a little bit here that. He wrapped it in pink flamingo wrapping paper for you. Okay. Now, the pink flamingo symbolizes the swinging lifestyle. Although less common, <laughs> a flamingo symbolizes someone looking to swing. Really? I don't know why he thinks that's a symbolism for you. I'm more but... than happy to swing. I just don't have anybody. I don't have a partner. I mean. <laughs> but I think of swingers. I think of other people in marriages. And I don't, I don't yeah. know what dad that was about there now. I'm thinking about that text. Huh. Maybe it's odd. Maybe he knows something I don't. I don't want to find out. I have uh, no follow-ups to him now. Yeah, no, you, you have to actually. No, no, no. Um, oh man. So I thought swinging. Do you like know a, what the gift is? Yes, I do. You do? Yeah. Is it a six-pack of Zima? No. Why wow, he paused? I think that's all. I was close. <laughs> there's there's something. There's definitely booze involved. He likes yeah, giving me booze. He does. I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. It's coming handy in the past. I can tell you that right now. He gave me booze like two little like jack shots in like a cup not too long ago like whatever the last gift when we were on terrestrial radio was and um i think it was for my birthday and i remember like going ah, i'll leave them right here i remember drinking those uh- <laughs> i'm gonna give it to you thursday because you and i are having a, a 
We'll call it a meeting on Thursday when the Red Sox are in afternoon action because I have a gift for the other person who's going to be there. So it'll be a nice gifting Thursday. I have a gift for you and someone else on Thursday. I shouldn't have, have to lunch. wait. I want my gift. Do you think I'll remember tomorrow? No. Okay. I don't think you remember Thursday. I think the longer this goes, the farther, <laughs> like, I'm, the more unlikely it is I'll receive said gift is what I think. So I, I don't know. Um, I got to – you and I are very different on – what we like on social media, especially when it came to like the season thing, the SCN. Cause the first person I remember with the season was Manziel. Yes. What was it? Was it was comeback season or That's something right. like when that? That's right. When he was making his comeback to the NFL. So like, I just, the SD, SDN, like now it just aggravates me, right? It just, because I associate with him. So when I see, uh, Mr. Russell Wilson, Workout looks kind of, it's like he's sliding back and forth. He's throwing the ball. He's doing, looks a decent. It's a lot of core. It's a good workout. Hashtag restoration season. I become frustrated with Russ Wilson again. Multiple reasons. First off, is that a good, do we want restoration season? Is that... <laughs> Is that good for a quarterback? Kind of goes against the rules of social media. You don't want to have that many characters in a hashtag. It's hard to spell and not catchy, but okay, Russ. Russ, like, shouldn't he just have stole comeback season? Yes. Shouldn't he have been, you know, ride again season? No something? off season. That's something, a good one. Anything like that. Unlimited season for okay. Mr. Unlimited? Yeah. Restoration season should be mine. I should be able to use that over at my other job at Tech East Fire and Water Restoration. The fact that he's using it, I may just steal it for us. Hey, it's restoration season as soon as fall starts because that's usually when basements flood and stuff. He's in my lane now. How dare you, Mr. Stay in Limited. your lane, yeah. Go be creepy eating sandwiches and doing stupid things. Weirdo, how dare you? <laughs> is that is that bad or is Jordan Love's worse? What's Dude, his? Jordan Love did Jordan Love put out a video saying happy Father's Day to all the Bears fans, which would imply that he was their son, that they, that they, his daddy. <laughs> Poor Jordan Love. He's under such scrutiny and he's already screwing up. Wait, wait, wait. So Jordan Love thought the Father's Day taunt was like him being their dad. Right. But instead he screwed it up. He said happy Father's Day to all the Bears, Bears fans. Go back, go. Isn't that like, again, he's like, yeah, you're my daddy, is what he said to all the Bears fans. I didn't think the Russell Wilson one could be worse. It's way worse than Jordan Love's. Jordan Love's the worst. He's just inept at this point. I heard Cowherd before our show today going wild about Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. He's like, I told you, this is where Colin was right. I told you, Sean Payton, to change Russell Wilson. He's lost the weight. He's going to be flying around on the field. Like, Cowherd, it is June. Levac just read you. He's using hashtags. Colin Coward is looking at Russell Wilson saying he's going to have a huge season. Okay. Wilson's played for Sean Payton and Pete Carroll, two Hall of Fame coaches. Mm-hmm. I don't know if his hashtag has gotten me as excited as Wilson is or Cowherd is. And that's the Jordan Love boy, man. <laughs> Enjoy the one season. I think he's got one and done in Green Bay. Well, I mean, if this is where he's already starting, where you go from Aaron Rodgers, who says, I own you, and proves it, to now Jordan Love's first shot at that is, Happy Father's Day, Bears fans. Wait, what? Wait, oh, oh, okay, so there you're done. One and done as a starter, I should say. I know he's been sitting on the pine for the last couple of years, but yeah. No, he, I, I, I don't. I hope, I hope this is just the goofy, awkward beginning. 
You're not rooting for you gotta be rooting for Jordan Love a little bit, don't you? Rooting for him, yeah. Do I think he's set up to succeed? No. Mm. I don't know why the Packers are any better this season with Jordan Love's weapons around him than they were last season. Even Rodgers would say they weren't a very good roster. Yeah, well, that's why he wanted out. Yeah. He never wanted Jordan right. Love in the first place. Um, all right, it is LeVac Gaz. So, Play of the Day is brought to you by Mohawk Chevrolet. Mohawk Chevy, of course, where I got my great vehicle. Uh, we'll, we're at we're at Mohawk Honda this week. We'll be at Mohawk Chevy. Uh, it's coming up next month, I, I, I believe. But I'm there a lot, actually. <laughs> I, I hang out there <laughs> at this point. Um, I've got one play. I've got one, and it might shock you. Okay. My play of the day right now, I'm going over six and a half strikeouts for James Paxton. Ooh. For the Red Sox. Okay. Over. I have $19 left in my, my account after a terrible weekend of Yankee losses and U.S. Open poo-poo. All 19, over six and a half strikeouts for Paxton tonight for the Red Sox. That's an interesting number, too, especially with someone like me who is a little gun-shy with taking that over. I hate what's happening to me right now because I'm too stupid today, and I've used this. There we go. Thank you. I've been locked out of my sportsbook account I use, and it keeps sending me the passcode. I keep using the wrong one. Uh, Andrew Heaney is what I'm looking at for the Texas Rangers. They take on the Chicago White Sox tonight. The White Sox have been going back and forth and back and forth of who actually is going to be their starting pitcher tonight. So because of the uncertainty, I feel like that's just the easiest play. They don't know who they're pitching tonight. Just take the team that's playing really well. Just take just take them. Just take the Rangers, but minus 125 money line. I wanted to get fancy and do something crazy with the fantasy implicate Rangers over White Sox. And I'd actually take the run line as well if you want a little bit more of a better number for you. So minus one and a half there. So I'll take Rangers over White Sox tonight. Isn't it scary though that a team is only minus one twenty five against a team who doesn't even know who they want to pitch? Yes. And for that reason alone, I've got a little gun shy with it, but I feel okay with it. I feel like no no no. I I can't bet the uncertainty, so I'll take the Rangers. Right. I would but it feels it feels like Vegas isn't betting against the uncertainty, which scares me a lot. That that scares me. Come on, heated! It's the heated. <laughs> you uh, originally you made it sound like you might have multiple plays. Was that going to be the run line and the? Yeah, yeah. All right. Listen, I, I, I just it scares me now. I'm glad that I've already put my entire bankroll of nineteen dollars, U.S. currency. I'm big game James Paxton. There was also a reason I mentioned I was getting constantly locked out when they kept resetting my code to reset my password. Maybe this sports book was yelling, are you sure you want this bet? Are you sure you want this? We're trying to stop you. We've sent you the code six times. Stop opening it and closing it during the commercial. How can we make this happen for you? Stop it. You're being, you're doing this wrong. Let's go Rangers. All right. I mean, Rangers are playing, playing good, uh, good baseball. So uh, for your sake, I hope, I hope that continues. Uh, for you um actually i can make a great bet for you and it starts it starts for free for freezies go to usxpest.com today schedule your free inspection what i love about usx pest besides the fact that it's a member of the gagne family of brands which means you know the people who brought you cat's eye uh cat guarding all that i love the way they explain stuff it is so like for a guy who doesn't know a lot about bats and bugs and mice and all that stuff to have somebody go okay by looking here i can see this is happening by looking there i can see this is happening well and i'm sitting there going 
I could do this. I, I get this now. I mean, just when we were talking to Dave, who handles the marketing, Dave's like, oh, well, bat season's May. I'm like, wait, why does the marketing guy know more <laughs> about pest control at USX Pest than I do? Dave is Batman. He is Batman. Well, I was Batman because I had them in my house. <laughs> now I don't because of USX Pest Control. It has made such an alarming and amazing difference for my house. Like, I love it. Like, <laughs> the cats were walking around freaked out the other morning. I'm like, if there's a bat, I swear to all that's holy, whatever. But I knew there wasn't because USX Pest had just been there. So that, that had made that perfect for me. USXPest.com. Uh, Red Sox tonight. Coverage starts 640. Game is at 740. And we'll be back tomorrow. LeVac and Goss, Fox Sports Radio 95.9 and 980.